guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Right now, I'm like, oh my god. Somebody take a picture of me. <laughs> this is yes, I have in front of an open window here. Like this used to be my husband's office, and I'm like, but I look fantastic at this angle. <laughs> right. So you're gonna need to work downstairs. Mind you, he's the sole financial support of the family, <laughs> but this lighting makes me look amazing. So my husband has yeah. had to move his office so I can record this podcast for I fun and for free. <laughs> yeah. well, and the lighting is great. And this is a bit, an audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'm like, I, I, I should impress her, right? I should. Yes. I'm going to need, I need validation. It's just what's going to happen. <laughs> so welcome everyone to That's Not the Book. I am your host, Agent X, and I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that myself and no AA member, including guests on the show, speak for AA as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. If you'd like to get in contact with me at any time, please reach out at that's not the book at hotmail.com. I searched the internet for my next guest, who I'm so happy is with me. <laughs> you have an account called Run Riot Recovery. Run Riot Recovery. Yes, it's a mouthful. And I think I might just call you Riot because it's super sexy. Sounds a little dangerous. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I look dangerous and then yeah. I open my ruin. I know. Oh. You're like, oh, you're adorable, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You look dangerous, super sexy. Yeah. Well, that was the thing that I always did is like, I made my outside look so scary. Well, not for me. It was oh. like spiky. I want to be spiky. I want you to be a little bit concerned in my presence. Mm-hmm. Boys, I want you to be so attracted, but like still terrified. Like girls, I want you to be jealous, but not come anywhere near me. Want right. nothing to do with me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm neck tattoos. And then people are like, they meet me and they're like, you're just a little pussy ass, aren't you? And I'm like, I am. Yeah. That's a whole secret. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know till AA that I was. I had no idea who I really was inside, which is actually a really sensitive little fuzzy ball, like this little mm-hmm. tiny baby chick. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have sensitive baby feelings like all the time. And I I didn't realize that I I was a nice person yeah. until like my sponsor, she was like, no, you're, you're nice. I'm like, "Mm, I think so. And she was like, but like, you don't have to make amends for the things that you think. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then yeah, I'm definitely nice. Like for sure. (laughs) Cause the things that I think are fucking awful, right? They're awful. I just don't say them anymore. I almost thought that niceness was weakness. And there was, um, a time really early, I'd walk, I walked into this room. I got, I got sober at a noon meeting and everyone likes to talk so much shit, but they were. I love noon meetings. Yes. Oh my God. I love them. Ah, they, the one I went oh. to was incredible. It was oh. like this plethora, a lot of like these little gentle old timers that were always there in the middle of the day. And then like a lot of working people, it was a big meeting. It was mm-hmm. a good meeting actually. Yeah. And, um, I remember walking in and I was like, if alcoholics are, if this character of being nice makes you alcoholic, I'm definitely not an alcoholic because right. these people are so nice and I'm not, I don't, right. I don't think anyone had ever called me nice before. <laughs> well, no, it took me years into sobriety working with the same sponsor where she was like, you're not a shitty person. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. 
future. Okay, but noon meetings, let's talk about this just for a quick second. I fucking love noon meetings. Thank you. So that was, ah, those were like the only ones I could really get to, like because of my work and, you know, like whatever it was, like that shit is good. So there was one downtown. It's this little hole in the wall place. And it was right across from this park where, you know, a lot of the homeless people would sleep. Mm. So we would have a handful of these grumpy, gruff, but incredibly kind and loving old men. And they, the entire time, they never, they would never swear. I was the dirtiest there. They'd get offended by me so bad, but they would never say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, every single time without it, like I could start um, repeating their pitch, like after a while, it was all solution. Every single time. Every single time. And so we would have, you know, uh, homeless people coming in and out. You know, it was just this constant revolving door. But I felt so at home there Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to, I didn't have to be happy in that meeting. And I thought once I got into recovery, you had to be happy. Mm. Right. So one of my like biggest goals in my recovery has been to prove that you can still be a bitter bitch um, <laughs> and still have a spiritual connection to a higher power. And so I right. could go there and I could be bitchy and grumpy and cry and curse and like all of this stuff. And I could still have a solution, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, what a gift. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. fucking, I love them. Oh I love my gosh. Too. I love them too. And then, um, so it's really fitting what we're talking about because mm-hmm. so this part in the book is just, I actually prefer the part in Bill's story when he's talking about how he felt about religion, when it comes to um, all of our spiritual protestations, right? Like, ah, oh, your God sounds dope. Why are you acting like that? If that's your <laughs> God that you're preaching, Why right? You- so, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your God didn't say that when you're out <laughs> here with your sign right. on the street corner. Pretty sure yeah. your God didn't say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of Bill's experience, and I really relate to that experience. However, this, like, this is so beautifully written, and I, I like how it starts even on. So we're on page 45, but we might go back a little bit just on uh, 44. There's so much in here. It says like, "Oh, you're an atheist and agnostic." yeah, yeah, get over it. So is the rest of us. And there's not much you can come at me with as a sponsor that that's not already written about, first of all, or that's unique. And, um, you know, we think we're such unique people, alcoholics. It's like, oh, you have a whole reason that you can prove God doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, me too. To this day, riot, to this day, I can disprove God if you want me to. Like I have a whole, you know what I mean? Like I have Mm -hmm. a, a thesis on the disproven of God. And um, so when you come at me with like, oh, I can't do the God thing. Well, it tells me that I need to be pretty much accepting of my insanity for this to work. And that's the step two part. That's the end of what we just read in more about alcoholism, where it's calling me insane over and over and over. And it's saying (laughs) that I keep changing my mind And every time I do, it is literally insane. And that no human power has been able to change that for me. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So what were your protestations against God? I don't even know you, but I know you had them because we aren't unique. Right. Which I love so much in that. Like this book, the entire time is like this, like backhanded compliment of, or like, like this pettiness of girl, you are not special. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like every time. And they're like, oh, but I was raised like this. And it's like, okay. And what? So I was not raised in a religious household, like in any way, shape or form, you know, I mean, it was like my friends went to church on set, whatever. So my concept of God, right. This is like, this still makes me laugh today. Okay. So do you remember like on, you know, years ago on Sunday mornings that they would do a, like, they would like live stream a church, you know, like the Robert Schuler, right? Yeah. There was a white hair guy. There's yes. a white-haired white guy who yes, is Southern. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Robert Schuler. That was his Ooh. name. Okay. I, for most of my childhood, was convinced that was God. Oh, like, no. I, <laughs> I thought it was him, right? He's white. He's yeah. old. He's old. He's on TV on Sunday morning. Oh. Like. I'm like, oh, God. That, that like 100, you know, like my little kid brain is like, this totally makes sense. And I remember I asked my dad, like, is like, that's God, right? And he looked at me like, oh, no. <laughs> he was like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, you're shit. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm lucky that he was like, I mean, he was like, oh, no, not. <laughs> Oh, but you know, in my head, it was an old judgmental white man. Like that was it. Like, so I did it, you know, I didn't go to church. I literally like, okay, like you guys can believe cool, like do whatever, like that's totally fine. But you know, even though I'm super special in every way possible, right. Just like incredibly magnificent. Mm -hmm. I was also not important enough for any higher being Hmm. to know anything like I I don't exist to anything outside of here you know so I relate a lot to this and the fact that I get to choose like you know a god of my own understanding Mm -hmm. what I get a Mm -hmm. choice in this like I don't have to have Robert Schuller as my higher power or you can because it's adorable but i guess you can't because he's a human power but that's fucking amazing first right. of all I'm, first so, of all it's great <laughs> yes i mean so i so i'm a very visual person so sometimes i have a hard time okay like i'm supposed to pray and meditate like what the fuck am i like thinking like whatever so mine has um transformed into dolly parton oh dolly parton my is, god you are the best <laughs> um, so, show you but like up here is a photo of dolly as an angel smoking a cigarette i'm like oh Jesus oh. Christ. Like, thank you dolly like i just because <laughs> being able to have an idea of a a kind person and there i swear to god there's yeah. times where i go i go what would dolly do <laughs> and it really like well, she wouldn't be an asshole to this person. That's for sure. Um, no, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. This right. Right. Um, okay. Like, you know, she won't, you know, she wouldn't do this stuff. And I'm like, oh. yeah, but 
fuck, I love Dolly Parton so much. That is <laughs> incredible. I feel yeah. like I, so though I was first introduced to religion through two places. First was my Catholic grandma who very early on was like, if you have sex before marriage or disobey your parents, you're probably going to hell. So by 14, oh. I was like, so I'm out, right? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'll see you guys there. I'm not qualified anymore for heaven. So I'm out. And then I became this abhorrent teenager. And my mom kept sending me to her highly religious aunt who lived in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. You may or may not know. It's a very small town. And they went to church like three or four times a week. And and I heard a lot of this asking you shall receive God. So Mm -hmm. asking you shall receive like God was fucking Santa. And so using that type of, well, if I pray, you have to give it to me. And then it not showing up because I'm, you know, 15 living in the city with a cocaine addiction, praying for ponies. God's like, (laughs) well, no, you know, so my God kept (laughs) failing me. This, this, this God failed me. The God of my grandma uh, was immediately sending me to hell. Anyways, Mm -hmm. the God of Christianity said that I wasn't like, no, all the time. And, um, I'm an active drug user. So, so I became, you know, convinced that this whole religion thing wasn't going to work. And I also was the worst person that I knew looking back. No, but I've been addicted to something and being Mm -hmm. a criminal as far back as my little brain can remember. Mm -hmm. I've never been kind. I've never been happy. I was an angry five-year-old. So, um, God wasn't real in a lot of ways, nor was I worth any connection to anything good. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. I criminal record. Really- okay. <laughs> so, uh, when we get to this part in the book, why am I willing, you know, there was, I was at a meeting and they asked questions and it's such a good meeting, but, uh, last night and it was what made you overlook your prejudice to spiritual conceptions? And my answer is only complete despair, defeat of all my self-will working. And there is no other way that I see that alcoholics jump this hurdle except through absolute defeat of my will. I was Mm -hmm. stomped out by God. Like I have this third step analogy, okay? Where I am lying in the street and my neck is on the curb and mm-hmm. Jesus in like a flowy gown and Birkenstocks mm-hmm. is standing on my neck. Screaming, is he trying to X you? Is that what he's doing? No, he's screaming, American tap American out, X. bitch. Oh. Tap the fuck out. <laughs> tap out, bitch. He's standing on me screaming, like tap out. Only mm-hmm. when I was so defeated by myself was I willing to mm-hmm. look at this even. And the coolest part about step two and three is simply nothing's happened yet. You don't have a relationship just by a decision. You aren't fucking coming here hand in hand with any spirit. Nothing's happened. We're just looking at the evidence. And the evidence was 34 years of bullshit, 34 (laughs) years of of atomic bomb of my life. And I came into AA finally the second time crawling in on my hands and knees. And if you say God, first of all, it's not going to work. I tried. Second (laughs) of all, I don't deserve that. Third of all, sounds like a flimsy read when really I think I need a lawyer. You know, I need a loan. (laughs) (laughs) 
don't tell me God. I need right. legal representation. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So on the top of 45, we'll start here. It says lack of power. That was our dilemma. So only then when I could finally understand that this mental twist that I have means that I, I have no power, whether or not I choose to drink, not even right. a day at a fucking time. Where did that come from? Okay. I have no power to choose whether or not I'm going to pick up a drink. So I have no power. That's my dilemma. It's still my dilemma because mm-hmm. I still have dilemmas, right? Yeah. And doesn't it always still go back to lack of power? Far out. So it, I heard in one of my, you know, noon meetings from this super, you know, irritable old man, he said, all my problems today are step one problems. I That's don't agree. <laughs> but why right? does he think they're step one problems? So it was going back to kind of what you were talking about is the, the power, right? Oh, in, in okay, the then sense- Yes. <laughs> So, you know, I am upset because this person is not going, you know, they're not living their life how I think that they should. Yes. And then like, okay, back to step one, you are powerless over this person. You know, I mean, it has, everything is coming back to this lack of power. You know, I can't have no power over this person. And I have to remind myself of that probably a couple of times a week. Mm. where it's oh I oh okay like that has nothing I I can't control that like I have no power over this nothing and you know who does their higher power their higher power (laughs) like my higher power you know good old Dolly she's she has nothing to do with what this person is choosing to do true true and you know Sometimes that really pisses me off. Yeah. And, um, but again, you know, like you, you know, the, the power, the lack of power. I mean, it's sometimes like these really simple little sayings that come out of this book. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so when I'm defeated by my lack of power, then and only then am I going to be willing to open my ears and listen to some other form of solution because all mine failed and I tried all of them. And as a sponsor, like when you show up to do work, okay, so have you tried everything else that your big, huge brain can think of? Because Mm -hmm. this is work, you know, this is also Mm -hmm. like a, it's a terminal illness, but it's also a terminal solution. Like this is fucking Mm -hmm. forever. So so don't jump in this boat until you are fucking spent. Like, I want right. you to be sick of your own ideas. Mm-hmm. But when you finally understand that there is no power for you left, well, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite senses in the book, too, because he's such an asshole. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that. But where and how are we to find this power? Good news. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And later on the book, it says, which will actually solve all the problems. All of them. Mm -hmm. And I haven't come across a problem to date that hasn't been solved as a result of doing this work. 
And mm-hmm. I haven't, I, I don't think you could throw a problem at me that I don't know someone in the program that has used this solution to solve that problem. There's right. just nothing that exists, including mm-hmm. death. Like right. the shit is amazing. This is dope mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and there's a lot of promises just there. So it says that means we have written a book, which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. So again, it's not telling us that we're special. It's telling us the opposite. Mm -hmm. It says many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Me too, guy. Me too. Right. And I just, again, I just don't see anything other than complete defeat of my will. Am I going to be able to look at this? And that's okay. We talk about those, you know, a gift of desperation. I don't, I don't know a lot of recovered people who didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of my, you know, knowledge or, you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Dolly came down and said, listen, dummy, I'm going to just lead you around by your nose right now. Right. Like I, I had been in and out of the program for years. I didn't, I didn't even understand what desperation felt like because I felt so void of feelings altogether. So, you know, you'd mentioned before, like you never felt happy. I, I never really felt happy. Okay. Well, if I never really felt happy, like how do I even feel despair? Like, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't regulate good or bad feelings. Mm. I just thought, okay, I'm this empty vessel. I must be shitty because I can't get happy. Like I, I knew, like I knew anger, like I knew like, well, I fucking want my way. Yeah. But the desperation of like, oh shit. Like I, like, this isn't working. I have nothing. I have nothing. Yeah. I need, you know, I need something. So I didn't, I didn't come in going, Hey, um, I, I need some help. Like, when I came in for the, you know, <clears throat> last time or whatever you want to call it, I came in because a friend of mine asked me to go with him. He was oh. like, hey, I, you know, I'm struggling and I know that you've gone to these meetings before. Will you go with me? And I was I was just excited to be fucking invited anywhere. Right. Yeah. Because at this point, nobody wanted to be around me. So I'm like, yeah. of course I'll go with you because I'm such a good friend. Hands down. <laughs> so fucking, I'm just the best. And, you know, I stayed, I stayed sober yeah. since that, that was, you know, 11 and a half years ago. Yeah. But that's how I know it was a higher power. It wasn't me because my higher power is like, this bitch doesn't know yeah. anything. So we're just, we're going to feed her ego a little bit. We'll be like, oh yeah, you're a good friend. Why don't you go over here? Yeah. Um, And, and it was all my higher power. Like it wasn't, and I didn't, I didn't know how, you know, desperate or sad or lonely or angry, or I didn't know I had any of these feelings until I started working the steps. Like I didn't 
I, I would identify as an alcoholic because I thought that's what you wanted me to say. And I'm a liar. So I'll fucking say anything. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Right here. Right here. That's totally fine. And it wasn't until like, I worked the first step, like with a sponsor Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh shit, I think I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that's when those big feelings came. That's when the desperation and the hopeless, like that's when all of those things showed up for me Mm -hmm. because I'm so blinded by my own bullshit that I'm just like, oh yeah, that guy definitely, he's got a problem. He probably should go. But me, it's just like, well, no, no, no. Like all these things are happening because everyone else sucks and they're not what I want. So I can understand that, that, you know, it, it, it takes me a little while to catch up to, um, you know, what do they call it? Like slow briety. I'm absolutely <laughs> slow briety, hands down. I've I mean, never heard that before. Oh yeah. I mean, it took me probably a solid nine years of shit. Me just fighting shit all the time to go, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe there is a higher power. So when you were talking about how like Jesus is on your neck, like on yeah. the, on the curb, I have, um, you know, the universe, like universe, Dolly, whatever, whatever it is, um, in like a wrestling ring. Yeah. And she's just like, got her like hand just right on my face. And I'm just like doing swinging thing. (laughs) And she just like kicks my ass every time. And she's (gasps) like, dude, just stay down. Yeah. Like just stay down there. And I'm like, Oh, I'll show you, you know, I mean, (laughs) it was good even in sobriety. So, Mm. you know, it's, I like that this book is saying like, okay, you're not, you're not special. Okay. You can have these ideas. Okay. Whatever. Like, I don't sure come in with whatever you have. Um, but it's okay. Mm. Like there's no, like, (laughs) nobody's talking shit. Like, well, you're, you're an idiot because this is what you thought. It was just like, cool. Okay. Well, why don't you, why don't you just hang out? Like, well, we'll figure it out. I mean, there's, there's something and we can just, you know, like there's, it's just, this book makes it okay. And I never had that. I like where it's saying right now, like that the, it's a non-negotiable, like the higher power is a negotiable, but you don't need to make anything up to get to this power. That's what the book is for. So I don't need to come up with any new yoga meditation poses. (laughs) I don't need to come up with any trips to India. I don't need to come up with some form of like acupuncture to find this power. I literally just need to follow the instructions. Now, how Mm -hmm. quickly we follow those instructions is a personal matter up to us and our higher power. Right. Um, but I don't need any form of like knowing that it's going to work. I like that it works even against our will. If I follow these instructions, Mm -hmm. At the end of the instruction manual, like at the end of my participation through work and self-sacrifice, this power showed up against my belief, against my will, against my better judgment. Right. Dude was there or I don't know. It's, it's genderless. It doesn't matter. No one knows what my higher power is because it doesn't even matter. Right. Right. It's not Jesus, but it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. It showed up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got sober out of spite. My sponsor was really happy and lovely. 
Oh, oh my God. That's like, I, the me too. And I, to, I go, sometimes I still am sober just out of spite totally. because I'm like, no, fuck this person. No, they're not going to have more than me. Fuck you. Like that's, and you know, my sponsor's just like, Hey man, whatever, whatever helps you get through the day today, whatever. So I get it. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Spite I got sober out of life. Uh, I wanted, I remember thinking once, my sponsor was so kind and so loving. And I was like, I'm going to drink just so she has hurt feelings and feels like a failure. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, now I look that. back, I was like, if you drink at me as your sponsor, I don't care. I'm so sorry. Right. I just don't, like, it's not going to yeah. affect me at all. If you right. drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. My favorite was, is fuck you drinking. That was all. Yeah. That was, and, you know, later it would, you know, progress into a lot of other, you know, fuck you, whatever. Um, but yeah, like you, you know, I, my sponsor has also said to me, like, I don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Mm. Like I like, okay, you can be mad at me. Yeah. And it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, be mad. It is not going to change my life. And I'm mm. like, Yeah. 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 When sponsors are mad at you, it's like, I, I mean, I always say, well, go find someone to work out your resentment with other than me. I just, it's none of my business. <laughs> uh, so it says, we know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. So you, you have a problem with God. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I do love a good atheist in a meeting that um, has overcome his like serious, serious atheism. And had like, you know, college university theses on atheism and stuff that have, and they'll tell you the same thing that I say, that they found a complete lack of power being their dilemma and they tried everything else and that nothing else worked. So why are we going to try the spiritual solution? Well, what do you have to lose? First of all, what else are you doing? Usually we (laughs) come in here like half damn homeless, you know, you have no teeth, your kids are gone, you are walking here. Like, right. what else do you have to lose? Why don't you just exactly. do the steps, see what happens? Right. Um, and I think that's another thing, reason I was willing to try all the steps too, is like, well, I have nothing else to do. Um, mm-hmm. the end of my drinking, I was bedridden. We had someone else taking care of my children and it, it was awful. You know, I was so mm-hmm. sick from drinking and I had nothing else to do. I was talking to my husband yesterday and I was like, I didn't do anything for years. And he goes, no, you drank and you slept and that was your life. And I'm like, whoa, because today it's so not like that. Like right. I'm busy from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every yep. day. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a gift. <laughs> I have to keep reminding myself. It's a gift <laughs> that I have a full life that I really just want to watch Netflix in. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a gift. But I know how you feel. So if you don't want this God thing, yeah, yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. Some of, of us been have been violently anti-religious. And um, yeah, I was that. I think I was violently anti-religious. Um, my mom was an atheist bred. No, she was a Catholic bred atheist is what I call them. So people wow. who are like born into the Catholicism oftentimes become atheists to Mm -hmm. the point this is a funny story I have this uh couple friends that are just incredibly intelligent atheists right lovely people but they are just those really intellectual atheists Mm -hmm. 
that they put their children in Catholic school. And I go, why would you do that? And I thought it through a little bit more. And I was like, you're putting them in Catholic school because it's so obscene that you know they're going to become atheists, aren't you? (laughs) And that's literally what they are doing. They put their kids in Catholic school so their kids can air quotes like choose for themselves, knowing that they're smart kids and will probably choose atheism at the end. (laughs) That's like, they're playing for the long run on that one. Yes, the long game. (laughs) I like wow, I have to almost like applaud their commitment to this. I thought it was impressive. Um, I I don't know if you hear this in meeting, but I hear this a lot. I mean, at least once a meeting, um, as somebody identifies as a recovered Catholic. Yeah, (laughs) all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I'm like, what were you guys doing there? Jeez. I know. Um, But my mom was a Catholic turned atheist and she gave me the respect and she gave all of us this respect. She said, I don't believe in God, but I want you to figure it out for yourself. And I think that's a profoundly brave, courageous woman to be able to say that to your children. Um, So I did. That's why I found my Santa God. That's why I thought I was dying in hell. Like, you know, that's because she allowed, go, be free. Try being Mm -hmm. a monk. Go do what you want, girl. Not going to tell you. But that's why all the gods also failed. All the Mm -hmm. ones failed. And whether you're spoon fed a God or you go out looking for one, if they all fail, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's super cool. It's still going to work. And my reasoning <laughs> for that is I was knocking on the wrong doors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a job to do here on the earth. I have a purpose in the world. And so when I'm looking to knock on the Christianity door, even though you can have both, Mm-hmm. or my alcoholism it was the wrong door if I'm mm-hmm. rocking knocking on the Buddhist door if I have alcoholism it's the wrong door even though you can have both later right mm-hmm. so when I finally knocked on the Alcoholics Anonymous door that power that was waiting to train me up in my primary mm-hmm. purpose he was there waiting for me to get there mm-hmm. yep Is that your experience yeah I, I mean I like I said I I I struggled a lot with the concept of a higher power. Um, me and my very first sponsor, you know, she, I was like, I don't think I believe in God. And she was like, that's cool. Um, she was like, but do you believe that I believe? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, yeah. Cause I can't tell her that she doesn't. And it was that, it was that little pinprick right mm-hmm. there that I was like, Hmm. Okay. And for a really long time, that pinprick just didn't get any bigger. It just didn't. It was still there. Um, but I wasn't doing anything to um, help it grow. Mm. Now, again, looking back, I'm seeing not only was my higher power there, my I mean, my entire life. I mean, there's many instances where, you know, I, I fucked up my life pretty good before I ever picked up a drink. You know, I, I was not... Um, I didn't come into this thing really healthy and no, the higher power was there. Then, you know, it was there here. It was there here. It was there here. And it wasn't until I got, you know, really knocked down to my knees, maybe two years ago that, um, I was like, Oh, there's the higher power right there. Like that's what I needed. And I was able to look back and see, 
you know, I'm sober because, you know, it was my higher power. You know, I had no intention. I wasn't going to get so why being sober fucking sucks. Mm. Like not at all. And then there was a series of events that happened where I was forced to stay sober. I was Mm. forced to stay sober. And, um, I mean, so I got pregnant like three months into sobriety. Um, again, my higher power was like, listen, you're going to do it this time. So we're just, here's a baby. Just here's a baby. <laughs> You're not going to drink for at least nine months. And I was like, shit. <gasps> you know, after my daughter was born, it was like, I love her more than I love me or more than I hate myself. You know what I mean? So it was the option of I'm either going to throw myself back into this program so I don't fuck up her life because she didn't ask for an alcoholic mom. So, okay, this is what I need to do. And, you know, like I, I didn't want to die, not for me, but for her. And that's what it took for me. You know, like, that's what it took for me. That's what my higher power had to do, like in order for these things to happen. And, um, all of these, everything, every single thing that has happened has been, it's been my higher power. And even though I still want to take credit for a lot of it, um, (laughs) you know, it's not, But that feeling of acceptance, you know, that started with that pinprick all those years ago. So it's however, however you can do it, you know? When she said, you know, do you believe that I believe in a higher power? I didn't, that wasn't it. That wasn't it for me. What it was is that she said that she had the mental obsession with alcohol that I had. She had this phenomenon of craving and that she no longer fought drinking anymore. And that the way she did that was with her higher power that has been showing oh, up okay. in her life. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, because I knew a lot of people of faith. I knew my grandma. She'd been praying for me forever, you know? <laughs> like, well, your prayers obviously don't work. I'm on heroin. So grandma, your God sucks, you, you know? get a little more detailed in those prayers, grandma. <laughs> See grandma, but I ended up all right. So maybe it is grandma, you know, who am I, who am I to say? It says to others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress during them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With Mm -hmm. that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. This is such a good part of the book. Mm -hmm. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak. That's Mm. my word. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love to just shame religious people with their Mm -hmm. weakness. Right. Mm -hmm. What a joke today where I'm like, I have to pray to a sky daddy to get out of bed (laughs) in the day, in the morning. You know what I mean? Who's weak now? They're Agent X. Who's weak now? Yeah. Uh, yep, I I totally get it. I mean, stop. Oh, what would what would Dolly do? Yeah, would, um, <laughs> sounds badass to me. <laughs> yeah, right. And here I am, like I'm super tough with my resting bitch face, and you know I say fuck all the time, and <laughs> rah, rah, rah. and then I'm like, okay, but um, I don't think Dolly Parton would like it if I did that. You know, yeah. like <laughs> I did think this was incredibly weak, even cowardly. So again, like the atheist uh, aversion to God, the agnostic, like the intellectual thing that we come to AA with. Yeah, not unique, not not mm-hmm. special, 
we're just not special. We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, mm-hmm. and unexplainable, inexplainable calamity with deep skepticism. So I mm-hmm. can still decide there is no God with deep calamity. Like mm-hmm. I think, so it'll say later how we all have a conception of God as children, but then calamity, pomp, worship of other thing takes us away from God. And I have this weird thing with trees where like when I see someone cut down trees, I'm like the Lorax, like I die inside. Okay. Like when people remove trees from their own properties, I am dead. I was renting this property and they cut down a tree. I was in tears for like a week. It was ridiculous. Oh my God. Uh, So I'm like the Lorax, right? So Mm -hmm. every time I see someone cut down a tree, I'm like, well, there is no God then. And I'm still this much sober. Here I am with oxygen today, so it doesn't really make sense. But I, I calamity really bothers me when we talk about God, and it bothers a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you my little calamity spiel, okay? Everywhere you look in the world right now, there's something wrong. There's just mm-hmm. something wrong. And um, you can't get, you, you, oh my God, there's something fucked with water and food and humans. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, there's something wrong everything's broken. And I have a lack of power in every single one of those departments, but God doesn't need me to worry about deforestation. It's not my Mm -hmm. job. My job is to help alcoholics recover from alcoholism. That's the only thing he needs me for. So Mm -hmm. when I keep my personal agent X head down and focus on my job, the orbit of my world is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds selfish in a way, but if all I was doing was sitting around worrying about overpopulation in India, that's <laughs> really going to be futile to my existence, even right. though I can say it's objectionable to me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in my own universe, making my own amends, cleaning up my own sides of the street, being a decent halfway okay wife and mother. Uh, being a good human to the people on my in my neighborhood and mm-hmm. to the sponsees that I'm here to help. My world is tolerable, bearable, and beautiful. And that little orbit of the planet that I live on is okay. That's a good spiel, isn't it? It is. It is so good. <laughs> in awe right now. Oh my God. She's so fucking smart. <laughs> oh, we have the humility on me as well. The, the humility. <laughs> That's okay. I'm here like, no, no, no. Tell me more. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh my God. You're so great. Well, it is a big thing though. Like the calamity is one of the reasons that people don't Mm -hmm. believe in God. Uh, The warring theological systems. It didn't make sense to me that four of my friends of different faiths, three of them were going to hell and three of them are wrong. And what kind of God's like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, you might go to hell and you might not. Like it didn't, that didn't make sense to me. So when I sat down with my God, like at the very beginning, I was like, dude, if we're going to have a relationship, I have some rules because you aren't sending me to hell just straight away. If we're going to proceed, there's no hell on the table. Guess what? I get to just say hell doesn't exist and live this happy, joyous, free life. That's a cool trick. You didn't know. You can do that. You can just kill God. (laughs) Like, well, and it's different. Like the things that... I used to tell 
my higher power, you know, it was like this negotiation, like yeah. you have to like this and that. And now just like you were saying, like you, you sat down and you talked yeah. to them. It wasn't, mm-hmm. there weren't demands. It wasn't, you know, all of these things like, and that in itself, I, you know, like I didn't know that I could do that. I didn't know. Yes. Like I thought mine had to look just like yours. And when it didn't look just like yours, I was failing. And that was even in, even in sobriety. Cause you know, you go into some meetings and people are trying to be fucking cool in meetings, Mm. which is like, if you're trying to be cool in AA, like. We are, we're the popular kids in the, at the mental institution. Like it's not that impressive. Everyone's like. You know, look at, look at your audience here who you're trying to impress. Right. Yes. <laughs> a bunch of drunks. You're, you're trying to peak in an <laughs> AA. Like, but you know, pe- you know, they do this peacocking of like, oh my God, like, oh, I have this job and my family. And, you know, like God was associated with getting material things. Right. Your new car has nothing to do with your higher, as that's not a gift of sobriety. Right. Listen, let's like emphasize that. Okay. Cause right. it's so important. And, and I remember the first time I came to AA, which was eight years before I was talking to this beautiful woman, she hadn't eaten to her house and I'm living in a shithole apartment with a fucking 1991 Ford Bronco with no heat in Colorado. My window went roll up. She has her, she's on her, she's only a little bit older than me. She owns a house. She's married. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I go, she goes, these are all just blessings from God. And I said, why are you more blessed than I am? And she mm-hmm. had nothing to say to that, right? Mm-hmm. And But I can tell my agent ex self all those years ago, because those aren't God, that has nothing to do with the spiritual blessings. A spiritual mm-hmm. blessing today is that I'm not fighting with myself whether or not I'm going to pick up a drink. The spiritual mm-hmm. blessing is my awakening to my bad shitty behavior that I get to then rectify the spiritual blessing is that I have a lot of love in my life with people who probably used to hate me. And mm-hmm. so spiritual blessings are not about my car. I have a great right. car. I'm not going to lie. Has oh my- not- yeah. oh, Let me tell you. Right? <laughs> Big I- fan of my car. <laughs> yeah. You know, that- but I couldn't have, I, I worked incredibly hard to get that, you know, like I put in, the, the sweat and the tears and all of these things. And a lot of those things are not shared about in the meeting, right? It's, I got sober, I found God and I'm so happy. And look at all my stuff, like fucking like going through her shit, like, look at all these things, aren't they neat? And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm not happy. Um, I don't know what my God looks like. Like, I don't, okay. So I'm failing AA. Is that, is that what's happening right, right now? Cause uh, I don't, I'm not happy. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. And that's, that's not fucking true. Mm. It's not like it's, you know, it's being willing, whether you, whether there is calamity, whether yeah. I've caused the calamity. I don't know. The spiritual blessings, the blessings of AA is in the Mm -hmm. 10th step promise. That's the blessing. That's the cash and prizes here. So this Mm -hmm. is like, I always thought there was going to be more cash and prizes as a result of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. So shall we read the cash and prizes? Let's do that because 
Because if we're thinking that the guy with the helicopter in the meeting is just more spiritual than us, right. we're in for disaster here. Right. And um, the truth is that like a lot of us have had financial well-being and wanted to die. So if mm-hmm. getting more money is your solution to being happy, go, go do that. But if you can't are fighting with whether or not you're going to pick up a drink every single day in the face of knowing you're going to lose your job, well, we can help you with that. This is the right. passion prizes of, of doing the work. And this is the only, this is the spiritual promise that we're going to get here. This is what we're after. This is the fucking jackpot. Okay. It's on page 84. It says we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even mm-hmm. alcohol for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. It doesn't say we're going to be happy all the fucking time. Actually, in the paragraph before, it says that on a daily basis, I'm probably going to be disturbed. I'm probably (laughs) on a daily basis going to be selfish, which is Mm going to cause pain. I'm going to be dishonest, which is going to cause pain. I'm going to get resentful, which is going to cause pain. I'm going to be fearful. So it says actually on a day-to-day basis, if you're in pain, that's cool. It's probably normal. And that now you have a way to live. That's all we're offering for fun mm-hmm. and for free here. I'm offering you the promise that the miracle of the compulsion to drink being removed from you. When is the last time you had the compulsion to drink? You know, to pick up alcohol to make my my emotions quiet or whatever, I couldn't even tell you. What? I couldn't tell you. Now, the compulsion to eat my feelings, to buy this to get a new boyfriend, you know, Mm -hmm. those things have come up. So, Uh, yeah, (laughs) right. So again, alcohol is but a symptom. (laughs) Yes. And this, there is the solution for all of those things. Yes. And all of them, all of them. And yes, I have put on this program over the years, smoking, which has now been removed. I put Mm -hmm. on antidepressants, which were removed I put pills I put shopping uh I put my children took it back but put it back again Mm -hmm. uh I put my marriage I put sugar and eating I haven't had sugar in two years and people hate (laughs) that for me I know I know you're looking at your face I know oh my god I know that it was removed from me because you have to understand Mm -hmm. it was absolutely a compulsion to eat right and then when I started I couldn't stop and then it stopped working. Oh yes. my God. But you have to understand also, so did smoking. All the things that gave me a minute of relief, a second of relief, they stopped working. Yep. I was at the end of smoking. I was chain smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. in Australia. Fun fact, a pack of cigarettes is $47. Oh I, my God. I know. I know, right? I, I love the shock and awe of like Australia. <laughs> Guess how many people smoke? Very few, however. So I'm chain smoking $47 a pack cigarettes and nothing's happening. It's mm-hmm. not giving me that second of relief. And now again, I, it was hit me in the face like, oh my God, it stopped working. My solution is done. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I fought with God for a year and a half to get rid of the smoking until it went from my head to my heart that I'm powerless. Mm -hmm. I was powerless over fucking smoking. I was powerless. God, if you need to remove it, you have to do it, homie, because I can't. And I did the exact same thing with sugar because it like it wasn't even a weight thing. It was like I'm eating ice cream and it tastes like water. I'm obsessively eating gummy bears and it tastes like water and I don't feel better. I feel worse. Right. Oh, it bite. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this right now. This is, I don't want to be here, but I can't pull myself out of the fridge, you know, shoveling it in my face. And, and so I'm working, you know, like the, about the smoking too. I went through the same thing. I didn't, I didn't want to smoke anymore. I didn't, but I could not not do it. I just couldn't. And then I had to have that conversation with my higher power, please. Whatever we know, whatever. And then situations came up where I wasn't allowed to smoke. I wasn't, you know, like there was things that were happening, which was like, you know, like all these times started getting taken away. Like, well, no, you can't smoke here now. Okay. Well now you can't do it then. And, and I was a schedule when I could smoke (laughs) and it was like getting too much. It was like, I, I guess I don't have time to smoke. (laughs) Then it just, it was just now I, now I think about smoking. You know, there is that little like romanticizing it, but again, through this steps in the, you know, like all of these things. Okay. Well, yeah, I could go get cigarettes, but then I'm going to need like a diet rock star with it. Oh fuck. And then I'm going to need this and then I'm going to need this and then I'm going to have to go hide and then I'm going to have to do this. And it's like, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie, it's like just this thing that just keeps going. And I'm like, eh, fuck. Like if my higher power wanted me to smoke, I, I would, you know, so I put that. I I mean, that's used this program to remove so many addictions from myself that I feel like after I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to make a whole new one about, let me take you through the steps for smoking. Let me take you through the steps for food addiction, because I just, I've used it for so many things. But that being said, it does, what I haven't seen this work with, and this is my failure, is trying to do this process with a non-alcoholic, hoping that their other addiction is going to work out. So that's my, my last huge failure of self. (laughs) We won't jump into that, but uh, if you have alcoholism and so Mm -hmm. when I hear people, I, sorry, I don't know if you do this, but when I hear people identify as an alcoholic and an addict, yeah, yeah, we all are like, yeah, yeah. It's the same word. Like if you're an AA and you're an, and you have alcoholism, you are in the right place. Full stop. If you have alcoholism and you're addicted to food and you're addicted to um, pornography and you're addicted to cigarettes and you're addicted to meth, you're still in the right place because we're going to treat the spiritual malady that's causing all of those. If you have alcoholism, if you don't have alcoholism, you are hiding in a fellowship you don't belong in. And the solution isn't here for you. And this is just abundantly being kicked in my face. Um, <laughs> I was trying to help. But there are outside branches. There's there's more doors. There's like mm-hmm. 160 or 280 or something fellowships with an, that are anonymous to get you to your higher power. So when we say like alcoholic addict, no, no, respect the house you're in. If you also have an a- addiction... Yeah, yeah, most of us do. 
but you still, there's a single primary, there's a singleness of purpose here. It's a 12 step program that connects you spiritually. And then the outside problems are removed. My favorite people in AA also were devastatingly sick heroin addicts. Of course they are. And if you'd like to hear about that, that's fine on the outside, but in AA, I am here for the hopeless, still suffering alcoholic. I'm going to tell you about alcoholism, what that looks like, how I've been relieved of that. And if you have some outside addictions, when we connect you to this power, those are also going to be removed from you. Mm -hmm. And if you get sober and then start reaching for other shit to feel good, good news, good news still works. We're supposed to, we're human. Mm -hmm. I want to feel good all the time. And as an alcoholic, I feel like even more exaggerated for some reason, alcoholics think that we're supposed to feel good. And that you're selling me recovery that's so fucking painful at the beginning that it Uh must be not working. Uh No, no. You've spent 25 years in active raging addiction. Of course, it's going to hurt a little bit. Right. (laughs) Right. And like, it's okay that it takes a little bit longer. Like, that's okay. Because uh, when I stopped consuming alcohol, I still was an asshole. Right? Like the alcohol, like, okay, I could remove that, you know, this whole, like, just don't drink, fuck off. Like, impossible, okay. but thanks. Right. Yeah. You're like, I was still read more about alcoholism, impossible, right. but thanks. Okay. Like, okay. Remove the alcohol. Like that's not, but it's, it's these things that are in here. It's my, how I'm thinking about it. You know, like I can still eat alcoholically. Yes shop alcoholically yeah. and it's like okay well technically I do have to eat like to sustain my body yeah. and like okay yes technically I need to shop because like you know I need to put freaking toilet paper like you know what it, like I have to but the things what's driving that what yeah. is driving that? why is my sickness overwhelming me at this point mm. oh well would you we could, are, we are you bathing in self-pity at the moment? Are you right. holding on to resentment? You know, and these are the are things that we find out what's this? driving us in yeah. step four. It shows why we seem to just baseline be in pain all the time. And mm-hmm. for me, I was just baseline in pain. There was, I cannot remember ever being happy since I was five. I was just yeah. this yeah. angry person. And my baseline was a very low vibrating human. And, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know why. And you don't know why, Mm because sometimes things looked great. And sometimes there was a lot to be happy about, but baseline Mm -hmm. inside, there was an emptiness in me that I didn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even put into words, except when I say it now, like, where's your hole in your soul. And I like immediately touched my chest because I feel like I had this hole inside of me my whole life. And Mm -hmm. um, only as a result of this connection and doing this work has that hole really been filled up. And, and I didn't do that. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. do it. Right. I'm not, I'm not baseline in pain anymore. Now here's my 80, 20 rule. Cause you're, we, I, I do like to say like how my level of perfection is zero. So I used to say before this process, you know, 80% of the time I was horrible and 20% I was okay. And today, mm-hmm. like, it's like 80% of the time I'm actually pretty cool. 20% mm-hmm. of the time I can still be disgusting. I literally yep. can be gross. Right. Yeah. So there's no level of perfection. However, that baseline of feeling empty really isn't there anymore. You know, there, Mm -hmm. there's a shift that comes to you 
And mm-hmm. it's a forever thing and it grows and understanding effectiveness and it's beautiful. The cash and prizes mm-hmm. here aren't a new car, even though we may have cool ones, you know? Right. I'll Which we do. It, well, I'm but, not kidding. I have like best yeah. car I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> we have the same car. Like I'm immediately going to your house. Okay. Which you should anyways. P.S. We okay. have the same right. dog. Everyone, everyone heard that. Like yeah. it is now that you invited me. So. I have kangaroos across the street. You can see them hop down my road. I swear to God, there's kangaroos like hopping down my road. How okay. good is that, right? It's warm yeah. all the time. You, oh, you're in California. I mean, that's not really a selling point. We have, <laughs> we have a lot of things though on California, not gonna lie. It's pretty good. And also, so tell me really quick, cause that is our hour, which goes by so fast. I know you were nervous, but was that not so fun? Don't lie. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Like another like three hours. I know. At the end, everyone's like, I'm just getting started. What were we reading? Huh? I know. (laughs) We we only got through a couple paragraphs, unfortunately, but that's okay. That's all right. My my shortest amount of paragraphs was like four sentences within an hour, but it's all right. Um, tell me about your, your Instagram account, because it's kind of like a, a progression. Like you get a sponsor, work the steps, recover, do some area service, learn the traditions, and then get a podcast or an Instagram account for some reason. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> tell me so about me, yours. Um, so it is run riot recovery. Yeah. Um, and it initially started as a podcast. It was Did going it? to be a about four years ago yes and then I realized like I'm a total fucking idiot and I don't know how to do any of those things and I didn't have like the setup and at that time like there weren't really any like sober podcasts out and my sponsor was um you can't really you know you need to be anonymous like what are you doing here yeah Um, and you know so it kind of just fell through and I'm just like eh whatever I don't care um but you know the the Instagram account turned into like this kind of like therapeutic thing where I could make fun of myself. Like I could make fun of how fucking ridiculous the thoughts are, Mm. you know? And it just, it was an easy, quick, like, I know somebody out there has done this really stupid thing. And it was like the moment that I put those, idiotic thoughts into this stupid little fucking whatever like the power of it just it was like okay like I acknowledge it like I moved on now do I repeat probably the same stupid thoughts like the next day or the next day yeah I do like I do but you know it it made me feel even more connected to all of these other fucking sick motherfuckers that are out Mm -hmm. here right because somebody like oh my god yes me too you Mm -hmm. know I've had many people reach out and just say yes I didn't know that I felt like this and oh my gosh this was so it just felt so good to be able to put like a name to like this stupid thing that I did yeah or this bullshit that I was thinking about and sometimes I do it because I think it's funny and no one else does and I'm like oh (laughs) I'm gonna get so many likes like you know because (laughs) that validation from strangers. AA validation. Yes. I'm learning oh, that like, this year. 100%. 100%. Um, and then like, it doesn't get any likes. <laughs> oh, 
guys. Like you guys, you guys don't know. Like, oh, you guys should talk to your sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing. (laughs) But it's been super fun. It has been so fun to be able to do those things. And because of this Instagram account, you know, like I've been able to connect with like other alcoholics, like literally across the world. Like look at you. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful that I didn't do the podcast. Yeah. So lame compared to like the stuff that you're putting out there or, you know, podcast podcast greater than yourself. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with them. I'm like, don't they're my best friends where you guys live. Cause yeah. I will 100% be there. Okay. Well, so, okay. So I did kind of look at, um, careers for my husband where they live, but then I was like, why are we going to Ohio when we all can come to Sydney, Australia? <laughs> you know, I have kangaroos. What is the, con- I'm real confused. Like there's no snow. I don't just saying like, why are we going to Ohio when we could all come here? But right. I'm just throwing that out to God and all of our higher powers. If they'd like right. to relocate you all to my neighborhood, okay, uh, it's it's a good sell. I'm a hard sell, man. Like I got whales. But I mean, and like shit. you know, whales. Those like they're so smart, right? Yeah. Like I read this book a hundred times. I couldn't tell you one quote. I couldn't say. Like, oh, how many pages are there? What? Like, oh, um, I don't know. Let's check. Like, I, nothing. Like, I read it and I'm like, oh my God, this stuff is so good. And then the next hour I'm like, wait, what was that again? Yeah. What did I, you know? And so having, having somebody else like be smarter than you about this stuff, like it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how much time like Uh -uh. I have, like, it's not, it's not the quantity of time. It's the quality. Mm -hmm. of time because I don't, I couldn't do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit there and be like, well, you know, on this page, well, and then if you go over this page, I'm like, wait, teacher, hold on. (laughs) That's why I asked like, oh my God, what are we reading? What um, what am I going to be? And you're like, dude, it's not just, it's fine. Okay, bud. You know, like I need to share, you know, like all of this stuff. And I love the account. I love doing it. I love seeing over the course, I would say of the last year, and I'm sure you've noticed it too. There has been such a boom of so many recovery accounts Mm -hmm. and the stuff that they're saying is so smart and it's so funny. And it's just like bringing more people in and you're like, that's not something I ever thought would be happening. Like a bunch of drunks are like, Oh, this shit is funny. Like let's, let's connect over it. Like, yeah. It just like opens this AA up so much where it's okay to laugh about this stuff. You don't have to be happy. You don't have to be happy. You can still do some like fucked up shit. Abhorrent shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, you know what? I did not like, I caused this chaos and I didn't it wasn't because I was drinking. It was yeah, just because exactly. Here's what I do um, sober. A running monologue. <laughs> I do have to end it because we're running out of time, okay. but I love talking to you. I love getting to know you. Oh, Thank you so, so much, much for fun. coming on my podcast. And it has been wonderful. And I love that God has just given us all these platforms just to help people. And that's it. That's all we're doing. 
for fun, for free, hanging out, reading the book, talking about how ridiculous our alcoholic our <laughs> alcoholism is and having a good time and meeting people and having a lot of love with it. And it's just been the best, you know? So thanks yeah. everyone for listening. You can get a hold of Riot at Run Riot Recovery at... In, uh, sorry at instagram like yeah i don't know what that- like how do you do i don't know i'm this old boomer like at right. run riot like there's a search feature like run. <laughs> I, think, I guess I I'm, I'm a great hype man at 40 <laughs> <Right. laughs> thanks for all of the publicity <laughs> i'm out of here um, I don't, um, you know, go follow like Dr. Silkworth. Like, I know he's go, so like, funny anyway. <laughs> you know what? Just go them and then they're going to have like really good stuff. And then if you're like, I'll like it, and then you'll see me there. <laughs> right, exactly. And then you're going to go, gosh, I really want some subpar memes. So let me comment. Oh, there's Run Riot going, oh my God, you guys are so cool. Oh, I love you so much. That, and then you just click on me. And, there we are. Uh, and there we are. <laughs> and, and you can get a hold of me at that's not in the book at hotmail.com because I have an email address from 1982. But you know, judge us away, right? Subpar memes and a you know 1982 address. But we're doing the best we can here. Happy, joyous, and free. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, have you even read the fucking book?